Hello and welcome to another edition of Play Me or Fade Me. And thank you for joining us as always. And that's a winner. Yes, a winning day on Sunday. And gambling's an interesting thing. On Saturday, it was a dreadful day for me. It was just miserable. But on Sunday, I record this podcast with six open bets remaining, and I'm guaranteed profit. That's how terrific Sunday's been. So once again, you can't get too high, you can't get too low, because gambling can be a roller coaster ride at times. Saturday was bad, Sunday was good. We'll find out how Monday goes now. So now, let's get to the card. And we start in the National Football League. We have our system play on the home underdog, that being the New York Jets tonight, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 plus the three against the L.A. Chargers. First quarter under, continuing to bet every single one of them. I'm on the under seven and a half here, weighted at the minus 135. Three prop bets for the game tonight. Brees Hall, over 56 and a half yards rushing. He was held to just 17 yards and 12 carries last week against the Giants. Only 39 yards the week prior against the Eagles. He's due for a bounce back, so I'll take Hall over the 56 and a half yards rushing. Then at tight end, I'm on Tyler Conklin over the 26 and a half yards receiving. He had no catches and just two targets last week against the Giants after going five straight games with two or three or more grabs. I expect a few more opportunities in this one. So I'm on Conklin once again over the 26 and a half yards receiving. Then a wide receiver for the Chargers, I'm on Quinton Johnston over the 31 and a half yards receiving. The first round pick from TCU really hit the radar last week. He had six targets, five catches for 50 yards. And don't forget back at TCU, his long went over this number eight times last year. So the opportunity should continue to increase for the speed demon. So once again, I'm on Quinton Johnston over the 31 and a half yards receiving tonight for the Chargers. Then the NBA and the NHL, I got to give them some love. I can't handicap them, but I go back to the quarter, of course. NBA, no totals out there yet for me. So I selected the Lakers at the Heat. That's a game I'm interested in. Survey says heads. That's the home team. So I'm on the Heat tonight, minus the one against the Lakers. On the Frozen Pond, I selected the Boston Bruins at the Dallas Stars. Total of five and a half. Quarter came up heads. So that means I'm on the over five and a half goals between the Bruins and the Stars. Next up, it's back. It's college basketball time. And oh boy, am I excited. I probably spent about 10 hours between Saturday and Sunday handicapping 108 games in college basketball. That's a big list. It took a long time. Out of that 108, I selected 13 games here for opening day. Let's see if I go 0-13 or somewhere in between. We'll find out. But here we go. It's South Dakota State minus the one against Akron. So this is a great mid-major matchup to open the season. Akron is the number four team in the mid-major top 25. They're projected to win the MAC. They have over 59% of their minutes returning from last season. They have one of the 20 Carl Malone watch list forwards in the country. Meanwhile, South Dakota State, they're number 10 in the mid-major top 25. They're projected to win the summit. They have almost 70% of their minutes returning. Last year, Akron got the best of South Dakota State, winning 81-80 in overtime to open the season. This is the return trip. Akron graduated the leading score in the MAC last year, so that's going to hurt them. Frost Arena, well, it's a tough place to play. Unlike college football, 
Home court advantage in college basketball means a lot to me. So I'm going to back the Jackrabbits at home, minus the one over the Zips of Akron. Next up on the card, well, I'm going to go with the road team, I guess. So take away what I just said. I'm on Oral Roberts, plus the one and a half at UT Arlington. So after going 30-5 and last year, Oral Roberts lost his head coach to Wichita State. They lost their superstar guard to Texas. They lost their seven and f- or seven foot five center to Missouri. With that said, they still have a winning culture. They promoted from within. They still have two projected all conference players. They're projected second place in the Summit League, and they actually have more returning minutes than UT Arlington. The Mavericks have a new head coach. They return only two of their top six scores from last year. They're projected eighth in the mat or the whack. I can't talk. I guess. I'll back Oral Roberts, the Golden Eagles, to open the season on the road, plus the one and a half at UT Arlington. Next up, a neutral site game here in Las Vegas. It's the Ducks of Oregon, minus the four and a half against Georgia. So the Ducks are projected fourth in the Pac-12. Georgia is projected 12th in the SEC. The Ducks do have a slight edge playing the Pac-12 tournament in this arena on an annual basis. Oregon has 50% of their minutes back. Georgia, 37%. The Ducks have the ninth-rated recruiting class coming in. They actually added one of the leading scores from Georgia at guard through the portal, and they have a first-team all-pack 12 center. Mike White, meanwhile, is in his second year at Georgia. He brought in a nice recruiting class and five transfers from the portal. That should help immediately. But I don't see them being close enough to Oregon quite yet, so I'm going to lay the four-and-a-half with the Ducks in Las Vegas over Georgia. Next up on the card, it's the College of Charleston, minus the seven against Iona. I had this at six and a half, didn't put it in yet, and now it's at seven, of course. So Pat Kelsey is one of the best mid-major coaches in the business. Charleston committed $5.5 million over five years to keep him around, well, probably for at least one more season. The Cougars went 31-4 and last year. They lost a ton of talent, but they're still projected to win a very good conference, in the Colonial. Minutes and scoring is spread out in the Kelsey system. Five averaged double digits last year. Only one played more than 24 minutes per game. Still, with only 31% of the minutes back this year, they have more experience than Iona with under 13% of their minutes back. Plus, as we know, Rick Pitino is now at St. John's after a three-year run at Iona going 27-8 and last year. I expect the Cougars to have enough tempo to separate and stay on a foul game in this one. I'm going to go with the College of Charleston, minus the seven over Iona. Next up on the card, it's Georgia Tech, minus the 10.5 against Georgia Southern. And I had an opportunity to get this at 10, so if this finishes at 10 and I lose by the half a point, I'm going to be a little mad. So both teams have new head coaches. Damon Stottlemyre returns to the college coaching ranks with the Yellow Jackets. This number is just a couple points off from last year's model, with Georgia Tech having 58% of their minutes back versus only 25% of the minutes back for Georgia Southern. And this is a nice price when you factor in. Georgia Southern is projected to finish 13th this year in the Sun Belt. So with the Yellow Jackets, the Ramblin' Rack, yeah, I'll go ahead and lay the 10.5 with Georgia Tech against Georgia Southern. Next up, we head to the Big 12. It's TCU. Minus the 26 against Southern. So the Horned Frogs are projected to be a top five team in the loaded Big 12 with over 50% of their minutes back. 
They have a first-team All-Big 12 forward in Emmanuel Miller. They added some help in the portal with Jameer Nelson, who averaged over 20 points per game last year at Delaware. Last year, the non-conference started terrible for the Horned Frogs. They had a one-point win over Arkansas Pine Bluff. They lost to Northwestern State by one. Southern, meanwhile, they're projected to be mid-pack in the SWAC this year. They return only 21% of their minutes. Projecting spreads like this is difficult. I don't like laying 26, but I think TCU wins this one by 30-plus. So I'll go ahead and back the Horn Frogs to avoid last year's slow start. Give me TCU minus the 26 at home over Southern. Next up, we go to the ACC. It's Virginia Tech minus the 25 and a half against Coppin State. So the Hokies are projected mid-pack in the ACC this year, coming off an up-and-down 19-15 and 15 season under Mike Young last year. Coppin State, meanwhile, went just 9-23 and 23 last year. They gave up 80 or more points 21 times. Do they play defense? I don't know. Projected number two, to, or uh, project, excuse me, projected second to last this year in the MEAC with only 17% of their minutes back. The line is only one and a half points off of last year's number. So with 59% of the minutes back for the Hokies, I'll lay the number. Virginia Tech minus the 25 and a half over Coppin State. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Next up on the card, it's Tulane minus the 16 over Nickel State. And put an asterisk next to this one. We have an injury status we'll talk about in just a moment. The Green Wave are projected as the third best team in the stacked American Conference behind Amer- Florida Atlantic and Memphis this year. Ron Hunter has a loaded roster, but he might be without first-team all-conference player Jalen Forbes at guard after a hamstring injury last week. So check the injury status there. Nichols is projected six in the Southland this year. They return just 19% of their minutes for 62% at Tulane. With or without Forbes, this is a cheap price. I'm going to lay the 16 with the green wave at home over Nichols State. Next up, finally an underdog for you, if that's what you like anyway. I'm on Central Connecticut plus the 11 and a half at Rhode Island. So the Blue Devils are projected second in the NEC ahead of last year's Cinderella Darling. FDU. Rhode Island is projected 14th in the Atlantic 10 this year. Central Connecticut has 68% of their minutes back. Rhode Island, just 22%. Spread is fair value based on last season, but based on the returning minutes, I think the value here is on the Blue Devils. So I'm going to play Central Connecticut plus the 11 and a half on the road at Rhode Island. Next up on the card, this number has already moved two and a half points on me. I'm a little upset about it but I'm still going to go with it. In the MAC, I'm on Toledo, minus the 12 and a half against Detroit Mercy. So Mike Davis and his Titans are in for a rebuild. Projected to finish ninth in the horizon this year, his kid, Antoine Davis, has gone after scoring 3,664 points in his career. They have just 26% of last year's minutes back, and they lost to Wayne State in their exhibition game last week. Not good. 
Toledo is projected as the fourth best team in the MAC after winning it last year, going 16 and two. They still have a first team all conference guard. They have 41% of their minutes back. I'm going to go ahead and lay the 12 and a half steer, still here with the Rockets at home over Detroit Mercy. Yeah, this is a big card for me. So I'm getting tongue-tied with my notes. I'm barely seeing what I'm tr- supposed to be saying. So here we go. In the Big Ten, it's Nebraska minus the 21 against Lindenwood. So the Huskers would have been a 20-point favorite last year after winning six of eight at one point during the Big Ten to finish strong. Fred Hoiberg has a much-improved roster this season. 52% of his minutes are back. First time he's had that at Nebraska. He also added five transfers that have scored over 4,300 career points in college. Three of them have been all-conference players in the past. That's good. Meanwhile, Lindenwood just returns 27% of their minutes, and they're projected to finish 10th this year in the OVC. So I see the value on the Huskers. So give me Nebraska, minus the 21 against Lindenwood. Next up in the SEC, it's Texas A&M, minus the 21 against Texas A&M Commerce. So Texas A&M is a basketball school these days. Buzz Williams and the Yankees are projected to be the second best team in the SEC. They have 76% of their minutes back from a 25-10 and 10 team last year. So not sure on Julius Marble's status for this game, but with or without him, I like the Yankees to roll. Texas A&M Commerce is projected as the seventh best team in the Southland. They have 52% of their minutes back this season, but I'll lay the big number in the opener with the Yankees. Minus the 21 at home over Texas A&M Commerce. Then the final game of the card for you, it's Cal State Bakersfield. Minus the two over Southern Utah. So a couple of my favorite nicknames here, the Roadrunners, Beep Beep, and the Thunderbirds. Last year, Southern Utah would have been favored in this game by seven, but not this year. After three straight 20-win seasons, the high-scoring Thunderbirds are in rebuild mode after losing 97% of their minutes played last year. That's a big number. 24-13 and 13 last year, third in the whack. Their new head coach, Rob Jeter, is expected to finish tied for ninth this season. That's a big drop. Meanwhile, Cal State Bakersfield was just 11-22 and 22 last year. They're projected to finish in a similar spot this year with 54% of their minutes returning for former Old Miss head coach Rod Barnes. Their leading score is back, though, so I'm going to back the Roadrunners of Cal State Bakersfield at home, minus the two over Southern Utah. So those are my 13 plays in college basketball, along with everything else. So let's recap your card for Monday. In the National Football League, we're once again on the Jets, plus the three against the Chargers. First quarter under, I'm on the under seven and a half at a minus 135. Prop bets for Monday night, Brees Hall, over 56 and a half yards rushing, Tyler Conklin over 26 and a half yards receiving. Quinton Johnston over 31 and a half yards receiving. In the NBA, coin flip, I'm on the Miami Heat minus the one against the LA Lakers. NHL, I'm on the Bruins and the Stars over five and a half. Then in college basketball, I'm on South Dakota State minus the one over Akron. I'm on Oral Roberts plus the one and a half at UT Arlington. I'm on the Ducks of Oregon, minus the four and a half against Georgia. I'm on the College of Charleston, minus the seven against Iona. I'm on Georgia Tech, minus the ten and a half against Georgia Southern. I'm on TCU, minus the 26 against Southern. I'm on Virginia Tech, minus the 25 and a half against Coppin State. I'm on Tulane, with the injury likely to Jalen Forbes, minus the 16 against Nichols State. I'm on Central Connecticut, plus the 11 and a half at Rhode Island. 
I'm on Toledo, minus the 12 and a half against Detroit Mercy. I'm on Nebraska, minus the 21 against Lindenwood. I'm on Texas A&M, minus the 21 against Texas A&M Commerce. And I'm on Cal State Bakersfield, minus the two against Southern Utah. So that's your card for a Monday. As always, manage that bankroll. Don't chase money. Have fun. And let's cash some tickets together. Good luck, everyone.